This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Okay, Anna, you rode your bike into the studio today, into the building. You're very athletic, <laughs> right? I know, no, because you're, you're a runner, Right? That is true. Okay. I There is a distinction between athletic, though, I think, and active. Yes. But I was the kid who got picked last in school <laughs> every single time. Also, there's an element of uh, skill involved in athletics. There's an element of skill involved in athletics that I think is difficult to achieve if you're naturally born horrible at them. <laughs> <laughs> and why are we talking about athletics today on well, a music show? on a music show, because you would be surprised, Felix, or maybe you're not, but perhaps others would be surprised about how connected they are, music and sports. And they both involve discipline. They both involve focus. And you have to spend a lot of time practicing to achieve successes and meet your goals. And you have to be a person who is inclined to not get distracted by other things. Which leads us to our guest this week. Eladio Carrion. He is a hip-hop artist, rapper from Puerto Rico, but originally born and spent a lot of his childhood in the U.S. And we talked about athletics because he was a competitive swimmer for 10 years in his youth. This guy, I mean, he is like the epitome of focus. He is like, you can read athlete all over his attitude, his face, his energy, the way that he applies himself to music is like, oh, I that feels recognizable. And our show this week is about that, that focus of being an artist, that focus that it takes to be an athlete. And you know what's so interesting about that too, Felix, is we started by talking with him about how he used sports as this tool to explore himself. And we see how he does that later as a musician. I mean, like we mentioned, he spent time in the U.S. and then moved to Puerto Rico. And I love to say that he is not a Latin hip-hop artist, but rather a Latin and hip-hop artist. And I think he does that with his music because he's getting to know himself every time he makes a record. And he says the same thing about sports. Team sports are fun, but I encourage everyone to do solo sports because solo sports are really important to, to really get to know yourself because it's not the same telling yourself, okay, my goal this year is to win a, a championship this year with my team because anything can happen. Another player can get uh, injured or whatever, but swimming, golf, track and field, all those sports that are individual sports, it's all about you. It's you against you, you against the, the watch. So that's why I love it so much too. It's very important to challenge yourself, and individual sports really give you a chance to challenge yourself, you know, help you reach new heights. I'm so glad you said that because I'm a fencing dad. My two sons were fencers, okay? And the oldest one fenced competitively all the way into college. So I learned 
I was a team sport kid when I was a kid, certainly not as an adult, right? But one of the things I learned about watching them grow up through fencing was that the other part was like how to lose and what you learn from yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, right? Because in losing, you will find the trick or what you need to do to win. People don't see it mm -hmm. that way. Like people say, oh, I lost. No, but, but in that loss, you just got to dig deep into it. You're going to find the answer because of how you lost and you're going to win next time. You know, if you lose like three times in a row and then something's wrong with you, you got to step your game up. See, what I found super interesting about everything you just said is you were like, with team sports, anything can happen. But like, in any sport, anything can happen. Like, do you yeah, feel but like... like... When it's individual sports, you have at least, you have more control of the outcome. Because if you're a runner, if you're a swimmer, when you walk into that pool, onto that diving block, you know what you're going to do already because you trained for that. Like, you know if you slacked, you know if you did a good job in training because you, you, at that, when you're an elite athlete, you know your body already. So it's that. Because, like, in sports, you know, in, in soccer, there's too many variables. There's too many players, you know, you know, what if that guy didn't train enough? What if this guy didn't train enough? What if this guy mm -hmm. didn't, you know, wake up early in the morning? Wait, maybe, what if he partied last night? There are too many variables. When it's in, like, an individual sport, mm -hmm. only relays, you know, and it's only four people, and, like, and y'all are locked in. Like, y'all train together. You guys, you know, it's, 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 it's different. And that stood out to me, too, because, like, for example, with my kids, and I'll go back to my kids for a second, they were part of a team. They were part of a club, right? But it, it is an individual sport. And it's very much like being a musician and what you do, exactly what you do, because it's your musical vision. Your team are the producers, the musicians, everybody that you're touring with, all of that stuff, your team. But it's still an individual sport, man. It's still you. Yeah, it's still your it vision. Is. It's still your name, right? Yes, sir. Okay, but listen, the way I see it, like you walk <laughs> out on stage and if your bassist partied too hard last night, like, what are yeah. you going to do? But you know what's crazy? Like right now, to be honest with you, like my shows are very well known because it's a very, um, me and my fans show, I don't have dancers. I don't have, um, I don't have, uh, bass players, guitar players. I don't have a band. It's me and my DJ. So like my DJ, you know, he's a father of three children. Like they're all right. older. Like he's. <laughs> he's he's not he's not going out partying. He's resting. He's going to sleep at nine p.m. You know he's a very responsible guy. So it's very reliable. Yes, yeah, very reliable guy. <laughs> and even though like music, it's 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 you know if, if if I mess up like a word, you know it's I'll just dance around. You know they'll they'll sing the song with me. You know, but like like I said, like I I, I like to keep things very safe. You know, having not having a band keeps things very safe. You know, not having dancers, even though some shows may you know may may need it, but maybe in key parts. But like you know, I keep my stuff simple, 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 simple. Not every dad is reliable. You should see how Felix parties. Oh, no, you <laughs> oh man. I was just going to say, man, if you could only see us on Zoom out there in Radio Land or Podcast Land, I'm like, what do you mean? What's wrong with the reliable dad, man? Come on. <laughs> no, but thank God. Yeah, no, my team is very reliable. Like, you know, I, I, I go to sleep at night, you know, like a baby every night because I know when I'm not thinking about mm -hmm. stuff, Everything's still running because I have other people think brainstorming about stuff, you know. So, like, my team is amazing.
So the other thing that interested me is your fascination with golf right now. Oh, bro, I'm I'm, the, I'm, I'm going to be the uh, best in the world. Again, an individual. <laughs> Yeah. Again, an individual sport, right? Yeah, bro. Like I said, like I love being in, in, in like, like I don't gamble. Like I don't, I, I like seeing my money where it is. Like I like very, you know, simple and just straightforward things. Like golf is very straightforward. Like if, if you sit down and practice, you're going to get good at it. I don't have to depend on anyone except for myself and my talent, you know? And that's, it's practice. Everything, like one thing I've understood, because I've done everything. I've done comedy. I've done sports i've done everything everything is practice work everything everything you do in life is practice and what separates the good from the mediocre is how much you practice talent is always going to be outrun by practice always any time of the day if you're not working out your competitor is yes exactly right. it's not even your competitor like you know it's like it's, it's with yourself yeah. you're, you're battling with yourself you know to wake up yeah. every morning go to work do this, do that. It's a battle with yourself at the end of the day. It's not even your competitors. It's with yourself. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of, of threads here, though, where you're like, you're talking straightforward, safe, like reliable, controllable. Where do you think all that comes from for you? Okay, in swimming, I got an, a good idea of putting you and know, making goals and seeing results. And there was like a formula to that. And when you have that formula, you know, it, it applies to other different things. And it's, and the formula is simple, man. Simple and easy for me is that, you know, making things that are simple, that are easy to understand, that, that you know, people are always going to love it. And like, it's going to be easy for you to do it also. But yeah, I'm, I'm a very, you know, it's not like I'm a risk taker because in my music, I, I take risks all the time. But in, in that aspect in sports, I love to keep it simple, you know, and, and and just easy to understand. Why do you like the formula? What does the formula get you? Results, my man. And, and swimming, the formula was, you know, eat, sleep, and swim. I didn't go out. I didn't do anything, you know. And music, my formula was, you know, 15-hour sessions. Not seeing the sunlight for three days, just locking in and just being a studio rat. My formula is work and practice. That's my formula. Let's go back a little bit. And when did you make that transition and be able to apply your formula and your discipline and your focus to making music because you must have been listening to music as an athlete right as a swimmer yeah maybe getting psyched up you know putting stuff on your headphones or whatever like when did you make that transition what was that like and how did you do it from listening and then apply that same discipline and goal setting to making music i i really didn't even like notice it because it was already like a mindset that I already had yeah. like it's, it's already like it's sort of it's a chip inside my head like you know like okay i want to be the best at this what do I have to do? Okay, how do I get there? How do I get there? Where am I standing at right now? Okay, it's it's there? Okay, okay, let's go there. So that's that part, you know, the brainstorming, the planning, the organization, all that just transferred to everything I did in life. 
and everything. After swimming, because I retired at a very young age, like I was 18, probably 19 when I stopped, you know, taking it seriously. But probably didn't see a lot of money off of it, but it really gave me something, something better than money. You moved around a lot as a kid, right? Yeah, I moved. I've been in like probably five states, maybe. Were you swimming during during all of that? Actually, no. I, I did all the other sports as a kid. You know, I played baseball. I did, you know, basketball, football, soccer. I did every sport known to man. And right when my dad was retiring from um from the army, we were in Alaska. And maybe like the last two months we were there, I picked up swimming. So, but it was it was a good thing because it's not like I was doing football and like when we were to move to Puerto Rico, there weren't going to be any football programs. Like in Puerto Rico, there were a bunch of swimming teams. It's an island, so it was perfect. So like when I left Alaska, I came to Puerto Rico and like they, I was blessed to finding a really good team like off the back, a team from Macau. Um, I had an amazing coach from the get go, and it was just uphill from there. Like I started swimming when I was like nine, and I was already on my first um on the national team when I was like 12, probably. Before you moved to Puerto Rico, like you said, you've been moved all over the country. Was your family able to keep an, uh, a Puerto Rican culture going in the home so that how different yeah, yeah, did it yeah. feel to live it on the island once you were there? No, it was, you know, I was never prepared for it because I, I never thought my dad was going to retire that soon. I was 10, you know, I was like one day I we're leaving. Um, so I didn't really know that much Spanish because on base, there was like, even though like the Latino kids, like their parents didn't even teach us Spanish that much. They didn't know that much Spanish, so we, teach, we would speak in English. But the culture was always there. My mom, you know, the food. Um, they would always, to see the boxing fights, we would see the boxing fights at our parents' house. They would always come over, the other Puerto Rican families. You see the Tito fights, to see the Ruiz fights, all of them. So, no, I always got like a, a, a very good grasp of what the Puerto Rican culture was. So it was very um, easy for me to fall in love with it. So what was going on musically when you arrived in Puerto Rico? I would just, doing the math, it was probably, reggaeton was probably exploding. Yeah, right bro, there, like, right? that Yankee just, that was 2005, bro. I can't, no, I can't appear in 2007. That was, that was after Gasolina hit. We seen, yeah, they were popping. Hector Tito, they was popping too. Like, they had popped already. And reggaeton was at his, his, his peak right there, 2007. But I really never had, you know, plans of doing music. I just enjoyed the music. I remember really having a, a mad respect for, you know, for Hector the Father, because he had a song with Jay-Z. And for me, like, not knowing Spanish, you know, seeing him do something, I was like, okay, that's, that's crazy. We see him dead when they did the song with, with 50 Cent. That was really big for me, too. Because at that time, I was um, actually you know, learning how to speak the language. So those songs you know, helped mm -hmm. me out to speak the language. And I'm seeing soap operas, too, that helped me out. And more because, like, at that time, like, they, they were, like, really explicit. I would sing stuff, and I would not know what, what it was like it was. <laughs> and my mom would tell me, hey, say, hey, yo, don't be saying that stuff over here. We have, we have, <laughs> and don't be saying that. We have, we have people here. <laughs> don't be singing that stuff. But you're saying this, this, and this, and that. It's like, oh, snap, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> We'll be back with this interview with Eladio Carrion right after this. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Noom. 
Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then, just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. Taylor Swift has dropped a new album. She is the biggest pop star in the world, and everything she does makes news. I gasped. I was like, oh my God, I've been there, and you can identify with it. For a breakdown of Taylor Swift and her new album, The Tortured Poets Department, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. And we're back with our interview with Eladio Carrion. Being that age and arriving in Puerto Rico, not speaking the language, like you must have felt... Like, I don't know, did did listening to music like reggaeton help you, like, connect with the other kids a little bit, too? It was hard, you know, coming, like, I had to go to bilingual school off the bat because when I got there the first week, it was horrible because, you know, I didn't know Spanish. You know, kids were, were nice and stuff, you know. You know how kids are. But um, I think the thing that really, really got me into making friends and stuff was the fact that I didn't really didn't care. I would speak Spanish, like, how would how I would speak and like, and it helped me because they would you know correct me like the the people who mm-hmm. don't speak fluent Spanish and live in Puerto Rico is because they're they're scared to to speak it, you know because mm-hmm. if you speak it even if it's it's wrong, they'll little by little you know correct you and you'll you'll learn little by little. When you arrived in Puerto Rico, what did you arrive with? What were you listening to on the mainland? Because you said the reggaeton was popping. But what had you been growing up with, and what was on your playlist? I was on, I was on Eminem, Fifty. Um, who else was I listening to? Maybe I was on, you know, Fabulous. All of them. I was I was I was a very hip hop. I was a hip hop head, Mama. I was on Biggie, Tupac, Nas, all that. Cause my sisters are ten years older than me, so like, I was hearing what you know mm-hmm. what, what was popping at that time. Plus the music they like, you know, Mob Deep, all, all those, you know, hip-hop. So I was coming on that, but I did also appreciate reggaeton music because I would come to Puerto Rico every, you know, once in a couple years and there was a, a what's it called? A, a channel in Puerto Rico called Video Max. It's like an MTV that they would put like all the new music and stuff like that and I would listen to it, you know, and I, I would catch a vibe. Yeah. 
Fast forward to when it came time for you to start really working with and making your own music. What was going through your head as you were thinking like, okay, I, I grew up and I had some of this hip hop in my life. I had some reggaeton in my life. Like what made you go in the direction you went in? I think my background musically is like, it really gave me an edge up on the like from the other rappers because like I really grew up listening to, to the same things they did. Plus I have a crazy hip hop background. Plus, you know, in my, my house, they would listen to everything, 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 all types of music, you know, rock, this and that. I have a very musically rich background when it comes to what I used to consume as a kid. So when I came into music, I came into, you know, with a different approach. Because when, like, unconsciously, when you listen to so like, much music from, like, I listen to everything. I, I, know, I know punk rock. I know screamo, everything. Every, every type of genre you can imagine, I know at least a, a little bit, maybe. But I think that really gave me the edge because when you come into the booth with, like, unconsciously with that much information musically, you know, it helps, you know, uh, find different flows, different cadences, different, you know, ways how to say stuff, you know, different punchlines. So that really helped me a lot. You know, it's interesting to me because... Um... Felix and I interviewed an artist. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's called Seema Funk. Um, we interviewed him a few months ago now, and he's one of the few artists that I think is kind of doing what you're doing, but in a different way. He does like Cuban, like Afro Cuban beats mixed with American hip hop, and does this really interesting kind of like exploring both parts of his lineage, both parts of his blackness through kind of blending these two different genres. And, and I feel as though, in many ways, what you do is similar. Like uh, your build is kind of like Latin hip hop, but to me, you're really like doing Latin and hip hop. Hip hop, exactly, exactly. I wonder if that's something you feel. Yeah, like, do you feel like you're representing two lineages in doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like even when, like, when trap... I never really, really wanted to be in music until, you know, trap music started booming in Puerto Rico because I said, okay, here I could do something because that's my stronghold. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I love doing music because before I would only do trap music, but I have my reggaetons, I have my dance halls. Like, little by little, I would recognize how, at the end of the day, it's just music and how to represent the best way you can represent your culture. I think I've been, you know, demonstrating that the past mm -hmm. years, you know, I could do a trap album, but in a trap album, there's going to be at least, you know, maybe two two songs that are like Afro beats, like don't not let people forget that we're, yeah, I know that we're, um, you know, we're Puerto Rican. Ever since I started music, I always wanted, you know, to, to build a bridge between, you know, the Latino community and the American community. Like, I really wanted to build that bridge. That's why my last album, you see that, the song with 50, with Wayne, with Future. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm always going to be trying to do um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. featurings with, you know, with American artists, but the right way. So, you know, people will keep on doing it and, like, we'll keep on building that bridge between us. Because at the end of the day, you know, Puerto Ricans are very, very present mm -hmm. in hip-hop. Very, very present in the beginnings and the everything, everything. Mm -hmm. So... It's our duty to keep that alive. Solo mami el cartero, carro sin tablilla, vestido de negro. Mis diablos todos son de fábrica sin ser pepero. You arrived in Puerto Rico when reggaeton was like having its moment. Like, was that not 
appealing to just do straight ahead reggaeton? Like, why did you decide not to do that? Nah, because, you know, I'm such a, like, I'm such a hip-hop head. You know, you know the reason why? Because as a kid, I was always a person who really listened to lyrics, who really, you know sat down, like, and, and, and said, oh, who did this beat? I was making those questions at, like, seven years old, six years old. Like, who did this beat? Like, I had a very, like, you know, very um, cool questions as a kid, you know. So, like, the reason why I didn't jump into reggaeton, you know, because I really didn't understand what the artists mm -hmm. were saying. I couldn't I couldn't relate to the music. It was just, like, super cool. Like, I, I would hear it. I said, oh, wow, that sounds super cool. Like, but, like, I, I couldn't, like, it was not until later, maybe, like, I was in the 10th, no, ninth grade, 8th grade, that I could really appreciate what, like, people were, like, saying and, like, in, in full, you know, the metaphors and all that stuff, the rap. So maybe it was because of that. But I was always inclined toward hip-hop and rap, you know, because I would be in Puerto Rico, you know, but I would still be telling my friends <laughs> from the States, hey, yo, burn me a CD and send it to me, like, so, like, like to see what, what's, what's, what's popping over there still, like, you know, keep me up to date. I don't want to lose contact, you know, whatever, because, so, like, I, 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 will, I will always be inclined mm. towards hip-hop. Between the, between kind of, like, the mainland U.S. and Puerto Rico, where, where do you feel most at home now? Oh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, like, I live in Puerto Rico. I'm never, like, like, you know, I got respect for the states, you know. I was raised there, but Puerto Rico, man, that's that's my, my safe mm. spot. Like, that's where I go to rest. Like, when I'm on the road here in the states and in Europe, I don't feel like I rest. But, like, when I'm, when I get my two days, my three days in Puerto Rico, that's, that's, that's gold for me. Like, anytime I get a chance to go to Macau, my hometown, to just touch down in Puerto Rico, I'm going to take that chance because that's, that's home for me. I'm living in Puerto Rico till I die. I'm, I'm never moving. Me gusta el dinero, discoteca y los carros alemanes. No quiere amor, no está en sus planes. Quiere Cristian Dios, no tulipanes. Somos por los puestos, por eso pegamos como imanes. Well, that was fun. I got to say, it was a lot of fun talking to him about sports about individual sports oh he yeah. just lit up yeah i was so fascinated i was just like but why do you want to win so bad dude where does that come from that desire and i have to imagine like moving around so much you need to find something to really focus your energy on you know probably a little bit of that and also the idea of goal setting once you start setting goals and you achieve that first goal and then the next one, and then the next one. It becomes a thing, mm -hmm. it's a passion, that's the drive. No, he's so aware, he's so aware of the connection there, and, and I think he's a really aware of himself, you know? Like, he's figured out his formula, right? Like, this is what I need to do to, like, get where I want to be. Like, he's figured out, like, what makes him happy. He's like, I was doing comedy to make myself happy. Like, he's figured out, you know, he said he's really in touch with his body because he's with the swimming. You have to know what's going on with your body. Like, he's kind of, like, he's a pretty well-adjusted dude, Felix. Which accounts for why he's having the success he's having in his music. Mm -hmm. Now we just got to get you more disciplined, Felix. <laughs> disciplined on my walking. Once my knee gets taken care of, okay, I'm right. Take, I'm, take I'm, some I'm inspired. From I'm I love you. I'm inspired. No, I'm inspired. I'm kind of inspired too. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it together. Yeah, yeah, I can feel it. And I can also feel that it's time to bring this show to a close. <laughs> 
You have been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps things on track is Grace Chung. Our audio producer for this episode is Cher Vincent. With additional production support from Isabella Gomez Sarmiento. Our production assistant is Sofia Seidel. And our jefe in chief is Keith Jenkins, VP of Music and Visuals. I'm, say your name. <laughs> I'm Felix Contreras. That's what it says here on the screen. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. I know, I'm looking at it. That wasn't what that, I didn't need an explanation. That was me giving you a, your stupid look. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> leave it in. I think we leave that in. <laughs> This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report. Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com NPR. On the TED Radio Hour, researcher Sasha Lucioni says AI can help us find climate solutions. But just training the technology itself uses a ton of energy. Training ChatGPT, for instance, emits as much carbon as five cars in their lifetime. Tech's climate conundrum. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.